Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is Season 3, Episode 8, Gods, Humans, Aliens, and Ghosts, Part 3, About Gods. So last time we had talked about how demons came about and God made them sometime before the six days of creation and how they were in heaven until Satan convinced a third of them to rebel against God, and that's Revelations 12. Uh, Their offspring in Genesis 6... The sons of God, Bain Elohim, is not humans. It is clearly angels. And they came down and had offspring that became giants and mighty men, men of old, men of renown in those days. And that was right before Noah's flood. So this is the conclusion to that part in regards to what these were, what they produced, and how the ancient gods, the mythologies came about. So today we're going to delve into the angels, okay? The words for angels in the Bible, uh, in the Hebrew is malak. In the New Testament, it's angelos. And the difference is the Old Testament was Hebrew. The New Testament is Greek. And then in the Old Testament, when it talks about spirit beings, it talks about Elohim, which means spirit or mighty. And in the New Testament, the Greek is pneuma, which means spirit or breath. So spirit beings um, can appear and disappear at will. Seen in their own form, sometimes in the Bible as visions or uh, people transported to heaven to see them or in dreams. And then at times they were actually showing in their true form, causing fear. Of course, I've never seen an angel in their true form, thank God, because from what I've read, they're, they're terrifying. But they're indescribable. Some of the things that they talk about uh, in the Bible is that angels have wheels within wheels and wheels with eyes on them and fire turning upon itself with, with lamps going up and down. And then other things that they're described as is, uh, in human terms, the people that see them try and describe them as various creatures or liken them to creatures that they have already seen on earth like dragons or serpents or bears or other birds or, you know, just various creatures that they can relate to. So my concept just overall here is that when angels appear in their true form to us, we don't understand it because they are supernatural spiritual beings and it's confusing to us to see them. So I kind of look at it as like a fourth dimension being showing, like stretching his hand through and showing part of him to us. And in this reality, in our three-dimensional space where we see things with light and our eyes and angels might be beings of light, it's very complicated and confusing on what we might actually see scientifically. We might just be seeing light that they've manipulated. We might be seeing part of their true form. Or we might be seeing their entire true form of this angelic being that is supernatural and it blows our mind and the best we can do is compare it to uh, an eagle or a bird. You see what I'm saying? Like we don't really know and science can't explain angels. So what we get in descriptions of angels is oftentimes just part of it. But what we do know in the Bible is that angels appeared many times as humans and they had substance and they were fully human, human organs, because they were able to pick things up. They were able to grasp people, wrestle with them. They were able to eat food, swallow food, 
and talk and use their vocal cords and sound like humans, not mighty angelic beasts. Okay. We know that when they take form in on this earth, it's actual real physical substance with all the organs and shapeshifters, if you will, they can actually turn into a human to interact with us. And then of course we know from Genesis six, we talked about last time they were able to physically take mortal women and have sex with them and have produce offspring. Now we're going to get into the specifics on what they look like according to the Bible. So here we go. The book of Genesis, it talks about the fact that angels have flaming magical swords, if you will. Genesis three twenty four. So God, he drove out the man and he placed at the east end of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And of course, that's the first time we see the word cherubims, which is a unique word that has no comparable meaning. It's just the title or name of this type of being. And then if we look at Genesis 18, starting in verse two, we see that uh, angels can take human form. And he, Abraham, lifted up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. So they just appeared. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort you, your hearts. And of course, he did those things. If you read the rest of the story in that chapter, and they ate and they talked and they washed their feet. So physical human beings, but they were actually angels you see revealed at the end of the story. Hebrews 13, two says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. They are so entirely human that humans can't tell a difference. That's what that means. Entertained angels unawares. Then we have the book of Exodus. They are invisible and deadly. This one is called the destroyer. Exodus 12, 23, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door. So God is coming. And that's the word for Jehovah and will not suffer the destroyer to come in to smite you. Suffer the destroyer means send or make. And destroyer is just something. The Lord Jehovah passed over the land. And if he saw the blood on the lintel and the side posts of the door, he would not send in this thing called the destroyer to kill. I would venture to say that's probably an angel that God had with him with a sword. My guess. Numbers twenty-two thirty-one. They are hidden beings, but they can appear to us. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his face and fell flat on his face. The angel was hidden from him and then let himself appear. First Kings. This talks about the king of Syria at the city of Dothan. Sorry, second Kings. Second Kings 616. And he answered, fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that's his servant, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That's a cool story, Second Kings 6. 
but they have horses and chariots of fire and there's a whole army of angels. There's just some cool stuff in here about the angels that they also have beasts and modes of transportation. Then second Chronicles 32, 21, and the Lord sent an angel, which cut off all the mighty men of valor and leaders and captains in the camp of the King of Assyria. These angels are powerful, right? Against humans, of course. Now in Job, it talks about how they have power over nature. Read the whole story of Job. It's amazing. But in chapter one, verse six, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. There you go. Sons of God, Bain Elohim, angels and Satan with them, right? Then in verse 16, it tells what Satan did. And the servants of Job are running up to Job and telling him what happened. So while Job was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God, fire of Elohim, the spirit being, is fallen from heaven, hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped to tell thee. So Satan had the power to bring fire from heaven to burn up the servants and the sheep. Verse 17, While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So here Satan was able to manipulate armies, three bands of Chaldeans, to come and destroy Job's people. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Here Satan has control of the wind. Then in Ezekiel, it talks about the cherub. And this is, read all of Ezekiel, this is lots of cool stuff. But we're going to look at chapter 1, just a few key verses here. Verse 4, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself. And a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. So here's angels that walk on hooves, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. So angelic beings with heads, faces of animals. Verse 13. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures and the fire was bright and out of the fire went forth lightning and the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. When they move, it looks like lightning. Verse 24. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters as the voice of the almighty, the voice of speech as the noise of a host. That's just one of them the cherub. Well, it says four, but there you go. So that is a description of one of the angels. Then in chapter 28, he compares the king of Tyre to Satan 
And it reveals more to us about Satan himself. 28 verse 13, it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. This is symbology in regards to his voice. It says the pipes that were prepared in you. Okay. He's talking about the angelic voice of Satan. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Then we go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2. Above it stood the seraphims. The actual translation for the word seraphim is burning fiery ones. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke fiery burning ones that when they speak causes the door posts, the beams of the house to shake and fill the house with smoke when they talk. And then we look at the book of Daniel. Angels are individual beings with names. Daniel eight sixteen, And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Then in chapter 10, verse 5, I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. So that's interesting that he could hide himself from some humans, but reveal himself to Daniel. Also keep in mind, Daniel talks about how angels are engaged in battle against each other. There is a clear good versus evil, actual physical fights going on in the angel world. 1013, he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. This is Gabriel speaking, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So he fought against the prince of the kingdom of Persia for 21 days until Michael, the archangel came to help him. They physically fight each other. Now in the new Testament, there's a whole bunch as well. Matthew 28 verse two. This is when Jesus died. He was laid in the tomb. And then on the third day, he rose again. They go to the tomb to check it out. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Just do a Google search on sepulcher stones in the first century with the Roman soldiers guarding it and such. Those stones are huge. So they obviously have great strength. Okay. And his countenance was like lightning. That's his face. He looked like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They were petrified. They couldn't move. Also in verse 31, sorry, chapter 24, verse 31. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. 
angels have trumpets that can be heard around the whole world. Luke chapter 2.13 talks about their sudden appearance seemingly out of nowhere. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, <clears throat> excuse me, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is when they appeared to the shepherds. So just suddenly, boom, there's a whole bunch of them. Now, Satan himself is described by Jesus in Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he, Jesus, said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Again, his movement and his appearance as lightning. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. There you go. And that also references uh, what I spoke to earlier about how they might be actual beings of light. I don't know their physical makeup, you know, or if they can just manipulate light or if they just shine gloriously. And that's what scares people besides their appearance. Obviously here he's talking in context also of how they lie and appear to be good things when they're actually on the side of evil. And then I've used this one a lot, the book of Jude, the fact that they have incomprehensible power compared to human beings. Jude 1, 9, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. So even Michael, the archangel of God is careful on what he does to Satan because Satan is so powerful. Revelation 4, 5, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast, like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within. So here's beasts around the throne, seven spirits, which is also referring to a type of angel, and lightnings and thunderings with their voices. These angelic beings are amazing to human beings, right? Now, there's a lot here about power over nature as well. The angels do control a lot of things on this earth. Revelation 7.1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Some angels, maybe all of them, but we know specifically these four and Satan himself in the book of Job have control over the wind. Revelation fourteen eighteen, and another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, an angel that has control of fire. Revelation 19, 17, and I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. So here's an angelic being that can be in the sun and controls or communicates with animals, birds. That one's interesting. I'm thinking about all the things that we have discussed in the past about some of these ancient gods. Weren't there some gods that like flew up to the sun in Greek culture? Weren't there some gods in Egyptian culture that had like the head of a bird had control over animals? Interesting thought. Now also there are ranks and armies. 
keep in mind that with the angels, they are actually in charge of other beasts, not just angels. So other supernatural creatures, remember that we had already mentioned some, the horses of fire and chariots, right? Revelation 9, 8. And these beasts had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. These are described as locusts with scorpion tails. If you think of some of these ancient gods, I'm thinking of like Beelzebub or some of the others, that wherever they go, scorpions and other gross insects follow them. Here's a king that has a whole army of these insects. And his name is Abaddon or Apollyon. Now here's another one, Revelation 9.14 saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And these four angels are coming out of the river, the great river Euphrates, right? And what do they bring with them? The number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths for their power is in their mouth and in their tails for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads and with them they do hers. Then we look at angels with trumpets, Revelation 8, 6. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.16, many of you are familiar with this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. This is not the idea of the rapture. This is actually after the seven-year tribulation, when only those who have been martyred for not taking the mark of the beast rise up and are, are given new life. So they have the trump of God coming that everyone hears, even the dead. So in the underworld, they hear this trumpet as well. Interesting thought. Now, these angels, they are the demons that are on earth. A lot of these that I have described here specifically say that they've been chained and then they come out in the end times for God's judgment, right? So God actually releases his hold on some of these angels or demons that he has previously chained in the book of Jude, the book of Revelation, etc. And here's how you know some of this here. Revelation 12, 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. A third of the angels and Satan were cast down to the earth and they live here amongst men. These are the demons. All right. Now here's the correlation to ancient gods. 
Demons appear to get people to worship false gods even in this modern time, not just ancient times. Islam. In 610 AD, Muhammad received visions from an angel to create the Quran. Allah is a God that loves blood and war, and they love to torture and kill dogs. It's like their thing because Muhammad hates dogs. Very interesting. But Mormonism in 1830, Joseph Smith got the Book of Mormon from an angel. So demons, angels that work for the devil, appear to human beings, even in modern times, to get people to worship them. Here's a small list of gods that appear to have the same traits of the angels that we just talked about. Keep in mind, again, in regards to Genesis 6, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, angels, saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And I've already covered this. They've been punished. They're in chains. Those angels are now after Noah's flood. Verse three, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, Bain Elohim, angels, came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. So here's a short list of some of the gods. Again, Egyptian gods, Osiris was the God of the underworld. We talked about Apollyon in the bottomless pit in the earth. That's my guess on that one. Horus, the sky god, a falcon, the head of a falcon. He's the god of hunting and war. Did we not talk about the heads of an eagle on some of these angels in the Bible? Seth, the god of chaos, has a dog-like or human form with the head of an animal. Ra, the sun god, remember the angel that stood in the sun, beings of light. Anubis has the head of a jackal. Thoth is a baboon or an ibis. Bastet has the head of a lion or a cat. Didn't we read a couple of times in the Bible? One of these angels has the head of a lion. Ammon is the God of air or the hidden one. Can't the angels hide themselves and only appear to certain people? The Greek and Roman gods like Aphrodite, the goddess of love, sex, and beauty. That kind of is self-explanatory when we talk about demons. But Artemis was the huntress and protector of the living or Diana, the Roman God. We've talked about how good angels protect other people, human beings, and how they fight against evil, right? What about Daniel in the lion's den? Daniel 6.22, my God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. There are angels that go around and protect humans on this earth. God's angels, not demons. So this, this cosmic war of good versus evil, there are good ones that counter what the bad ones are doing. Demeter is an agricultural goddess of mystery, the Eleusinian mysteries. And that one's, again, to me, that's just self-explanatory that having power over nature, the agriculture and things like that, and being mysterious and hiding themselves is just goes hand in hand with an angel. And then we have Poseidon. This one is a cool one because he's the god of the sea. He comes out of the ocean, right? And he's also the god of horses, He fathered a winged horse. Think about the four angels bound in the river Euphrates who control the army of horses. My guess is that Poseidon is one of those four that God has chained into the river. 
Zeus, the god of the sky and thunder, had a weakness for mortal women. To me, he's clearly one of the cherubs. Thunder, lightning. I mean, come on. Hermes, the Roman god Mercury, he was the god of translators and interpreters. Makes me think of 1 Corinthians 13 in foreign tongues. He was the most clever of the Olympian gods, and he served as messenger for all the other gods. That's literally the definition of angel in the Bible, the messenger for God, right? Hercules, the son of Zeus, had superhuman strength, the angel that moved Jesus' stone at his tomb, or Genesis chapter 6, mighty men of old, one of the sons of the demons possibly, could have been actually named Hercules. I don't know, but it's quite possible giants and sons of these offspring had superhuman strength because we know angels have superhuman strength. Apollo was definitely connected with Apollyon, uh, bound in the bottomless pit in Revelation 9. There's Norse gods, the whole race of giants in Genesis chapter 6, Numbers 13, Joshua 13 references them. Freyr was a horned god of fertility, a boar known as the king of the elves. Gulveig, the goddess of gold, three times she was burned to death and reborn. Think of Ezekiel 1 talking about the fire enfolding itself and, and the face coming out of it. How would that look? Three times burned to death and yet still lives. I don't know, maybe. Heimdall, watchman of the gods associated with the sea, known for wooing human women and creating the three races of men. He owns a horn that can be heard in all the worlds, the undead world as well, when he blows it. We talked about the angel that does that, that brings the dead humans back to life. They hear the horn when he blows it in Revelation. Thor, the god of war, thunder, and strength. The lightning flash was his mighty hammer, and the rolling thunder was the rumble of his what? Of his what? His fiery chariot. Thor has a fiery chariot. Did we not read several places in the Bible about the angels that have fiery chariots? Or angels that move like lightning and their faces look like lightning, their countenances of lightning and has burning coals for eyes? Thor? So here's my conclusion, guys. Demons are the exact same thing as angels. So when we find stuff in the Bible about angels, we can apply that to demons. Now, angels have always appeared suddenly, mysteriously, or magically to humans in the Bible. It's all over the place. Humans almost always attempted to worship them until the angels told them not to. So it stands to reason that bad angels appeared to humans as well, but didn't stop humans from worshiping them, right? Thunder, lightning, earthquakes, fire, wind, and strange creatures are common with God's angels in the Bible. Strange faces, animal faces, animal bodies. Remember the angels that walk on calves' hooves? The warrior attributes with the flaming swords. All these things are common. So to human beings, that seemingly magical control of animals, elements, and human armies is a very real trait of angels. If you just read the book of Job, just you could stop there. If the Bible says at one time, it's true, right? But it's all through the whole Bible. Good angels can do these things. Demons can do these things in the Bible. So these ancient stories of gods that were passed down, they are stories from real angelic beings and demons that humans interacted with during the time of Noah. These true stories changed over time and cultures as humans spread over the earth after the Tower of Babel, because they were stories that they heard from Noah and his sons. But the nature, capabilities, and appearances are consistent 
with these ancient gods and what the Bible teaches of angels. I have no doubt that most of the stories of ancient gods really happened because of Genesis 6 and those demons that went after strange flesh. Keep in mind, they are chained up until the end times, but their offspring gave rise to the stories that we have today of all kinds of magical creatures and half-breeds like mermaids, satyrs, centaurs, Hercules, sirens of the ocean, etc. And that is why God chose to destroy the earth with a flood. That's my conclusion, guys. Those are your ancient gods. They're demons who defied God and he had to destroy the earth because of it. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. And until next time, may God bless you all.